0: You are now listening to the Living Numbers and Tony's Rambles. Tony Rambles. Tony rambles. Tony rambles. 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 And the Living Numbers Podcast.
1: You know what? I have my a couple of cups in the morning and then I'm pretty much done for the day. Same. But yeah, I do like coffee and I will drink it fairly often. But uh yeah, it's um it's not something I couldn't do without. Like it's not something that I I I, I will get headaches if I stop for a while, I'll start <laughs> to get headaches like that because it's, you know, you have it every
0: morning, that's what you get, right? But once
1: the headaches yep. are gone, I'm fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was I was always I like coffee. Mm-hmm. And I was always one of those people like, I don't want to have to drink coffee every day. But once my son was born, oh mm. my goodness. Oh, yeah. I had You no need goodies. that coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have started. Coffee. Yeah.
1: Coffee is good. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Actually, there was a LinkedIn study that I just linked to on my profile that talked about uh, how coffee actually uh, apparently helps your mortality rate. <laughs> Which I think is a complete joke because like, you can't tell, right? Like unless they did a double blind study and people lived in a lab for a year, you're not going to be able to say exactly what was the thing that caused it. And, you know, exactly, just because they drank coffee doesn't mean that, (laughs) but I'll take whatever I can get.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Once my son was born, I'm like, I just have to drink coffee every day. I have to accept it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, Yeah. I don't have kids, so i um, i didn't I didn't have to have coffee for that reason. <laughs> but uh, but there are other reasons to to need coffee, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you're a really busy
0: person. You've done a lot of stuff, so you like the the list, the questions and things I sent over. Yeah, sure.
1: Things I can I answer.
0: Like, I'm always doing. You know, some people are like, "Hey, just turn the camera on. We can go. You know, whatever." And some people, you know, maybe they want to do a little bit of extra prep. So I always just I, send over my notes.
1: Yeah. I kind of like the, I, I like the prep a little, I don't know what I'm going to say exactly, <laughs> but mm-hmm. at least to know the idea of what I need to be able to answer is nice to know.
0: <laughs> exactly. And so mm-hmm. that's why, cause you know, I try to schedule all this stuff, you know, at least maybe a week or two, maybe more if I can in advance, So I'm always looking at stuff and depending on who I have on, I'm like, Oh, that might be pretty cool to have talk about with Mm -hmm. them, that person specifically. And so as I'm going throughout my week and I'm jotting stuff down, I'm like, okay. And then you kind of end up with a list of usually like three to five things. And uh, we may get to all of them. We may not. And that's totally fine. Um, but okay. 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 I'm excited. I'm excited. I was actually listening to, um, your albums last night oh (laughs) very interesting stuff okay all right all right here we go (laughs) which albums you're kind of frightening me now (laughs) all of them okay i know you have one that's i guess more more recent but the one uh from 1994 and 1997 (laughs) wow you did go back (laughs) I, I, you know, I do my research. Um, yeah. Okay, okay, we're jumping the gun here. All right. Okay. <laughs> this is the Living Numbers Podcast, and I am your host, Tony Rambles. And I have a very, very special guest with me today, as you can see here on the Zoom call. If you're watching on YouTube, and if you're listening to this at a later date on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, wherever you may be listening to, I have the wonderful Jody Krangle. And y'all know, before we get to all of the great stuff, we got to do some housekeeping. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, comment, download. Depending on how you are listening to this thing, you know, if you're on YouTube, go and share. You know, throw a comment in the in the comment section. If you are on Spotify or Apple Podcasts; those are the big ones but you know you got Breaker and all those things make sure you guys rate and review and share this out you can also follow me on TikTok and Instagram at underscore Tony Rambles underscore and I think that's it oh you can email the show one Tony Rambles at gmail.com housekeeping done all right so for my first time guests I always 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 have an intro Now, Ms. Kringle has not heard this intro yet. I did not send it to her in our pre-show notes. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Hailing from Ontario, Canada, maybe, because she doesn't want you to know where she's from. With a bachelor's in English from York University, she's been voice acting since 2007, her company, Piece of Cake Vocals, working with clients from major brands all over the world, like Bose, Subway and Walmart. Her band Urban Tapestry has performed throughout the United States, Canada and Europe. In 2004, she won the Pegasus Award for Best Filk Song with her composition, The Lady, which is very good. We'll talk about that. Her website, The Muse's Muse, won awards and publications such as Billboard, Keyboard Magazine, and The Wall Street Journal for work on the internet before it was the internet that we know today. She was the message board before the message board, huge fan of all things sci fi, always smiling, always laughing, the exceptional voice, Jodie Krangle.
1: That is quite the
0: intro. Well done, Tony. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I always impressed.
1: Take,
0: I always take pride in that part because like everybody doesn't know, you know, who's this, who is this next person going to be? Mm-hmm. And unless I have somebody that's, you know, super famous worldwide, you know, blah, 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 you know, I have to make sure I tell the people how wonderful this guest is. And so, yeah, I write those out and I read them. And I typically get good reactions. So thank you. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> so I was on this website called voice one two three, and you have a hundred and ninety-four favorites.
1: Like oh, you've been okay. hearted
0: 194 times. So that's our mm-hmm. first number. Okay. So 194. My question is: mm-hmm. how did you get here to voice acting and specifically? for ads? Because I've heard people and I myself have looked into, you know, doing like voiceovers or like books, doing audio books. And there's a lot of stuff that you have to have together. <laughs> so, so how did you get into voice acting?
1: Well, the very first exposure that I had to it was actually through the CNIB. So that's the Canadian National Institute for the Blind and i was volunteering my time back in 95 96 so this is a while back and they were real to real tapes like we're talking way back the way back machine here (laughs) yeah uh and
0: press record
1: well you got to know how to thread things like it was just like it was a very interesting medium i actually liked the tech as much as i liked the voicing so that was part of what um gave me the impression that I would be okay doing this as a living because I like doing things where I can be self-sufficient I don't mm, like having to yeah. rely on other people for everything so uh knowing the I, knowing that I wouldn't have a problem with the tech was a big a big thing and I was really only reading articles onto the real to-reels like I was doing a I don't know probably five minute article or something like that they weren't really long so I wasn't doing audiobook stuff thankfully never my forte. <laughs> Um, And it actually took quite a while before I was actually deciding to go into voiceovers because Mm -hmm. I was doing SEO and internet marketing before that. Yes, yes. And I was self-employed. So one day I just got so bored because Google was it and there wasn't anything else. And I was (laughs) bored and things happen when I'm bored so uh, I just decided one day, okay, I'm done with the SEO. Let's let's go into voice acting, and it was just a focus switch. And for those who don't know, and and some people may not, uh, SEO is search engine optimization. So you know, that's the whole ties into the internet marketing thing. So I was basically doing that for the Muse's Muse, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I had no money and I needed to promote it. And so I figured (laughs) that out on my own while the internet was young. And then I decided I was going to, you know, hire myself out to do this for other companies. And that was a nice living for a while. But you know, it was, it was okay. And I only had so many hours in the day. And voiceovers are a completely different animal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So talk, talk about that animal, talk about voiceovers in the intricacies that most people probably would never even know.
1: Well, one of the things that you may not be aware of is that voiceovers are a lot like licensing music for film and TV and advertising. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're giving it over unless it's a work for hire. That's completely different. But if you are allowing someone to use your work for a certain period of time, that's licensing. And in the music Mm -hmm. world, they call that sync licensing. In uh, voice over it's licensing your voice for a certain amount of time for a certain audience. So, right. yeah, so people pay me for, depending on how large the audience is, is it a local audience, a, a regional audience, a national audience, an international audience? Is it going to be used for three months, six months, a year? Uh, All of these different things come into play that will dictate how much money I might ask for, but it has very little to do with how long it took me to do the work. And the reason for that is that as I get better at this, (laughs) I'm going to take less time and I'm going to take less time of my clients if I'm on a directed session with them so it have really it really doesn't have anything to do with how much time it takes me to do it has to do the work yes exactly and how long they're going to use it and where they're going to use it and you know you things like is it being used on broadcast television or Mm -hmm. streaming radio or streaming internet or the uh terrestrial radio or a podcast somewhere you know there's all sorts of different yeah exactly uh, you know, I work with iHeart Media and uh, mm-hmm. SiriusXM a lot, so they also stream out stuff. But they also do advertising for various podcasts. Yep. So those are, you know,
0: different usages. What's your favorite part about doing the voice acting? Do you, do you sometimes get something going? Ooh, that sounds fun, or that's clever.
1: <laughs> you know, I really love the anthem videos and. The Anthem videos are the ones that are on someone's website that say, you know, this is who we are and we're proud, you know, those types of videos that you see all over the place. I love those videos. I just, I (laughs) love them. They're so much fun to do. And I've done them for Bose and Dell and BBVA and um, MITRE and like a whole bunch
0: of interesting. What what about those? uh, Do you like so much? What inspires you so much to do those kinds of videos?
1: Well, What I like about it is that I get to express the, the pride that a company feels Mm. about itself in it, in, in different facets because every company is different and every company has different things they're proud of and different things that they do. And I think they're all important. And, you know, like I've done this for advertising companies as well. Like there's a video on, on, on a particular advertising company's website that they talk about all of the things that they do and how important it is for their clients. And it is important, you know, but it's, it's a microcosm of importance. And I like focusing.
0: (laughs) Do you have a favorite? Uh, One that you're you're proud of? Like, man, I, I knocked that one out of the park. I'm really proud of that one.
1: You know, there was one that I did for Dell that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, and there was another one that I did for a um, it's a a, a resort in mm-hmm. um in Colorado actually, um called Devil's Thumb Ranch, and I mm-hmm. just loved working on that. Those uh, we did a bunch of videos, and I loved working on those those travel tourism ones, like that demonstrate how special a particular property is because yeah. each one is different. And they're just so much fun. I did visit Orlando for a long time. I don't know that I'm still on that campaign because I don't even know if they're using voice actors at all. I think they're just displaying, you know, uh, but various... Yeah, but, but um, they're, you know, all the various places that you could visit, they all have their own special something that mm-hmm. makes them worthy of attention. And I like focusing on on that special something and, and bringing it out so that other people recognize it too.
0: How how long if you're really into an ad? Mm-hmm. Okay, how long does it take you to get the the right take? Because I've I've done some music myself, and so mm-hmm. I know sometimes you might say a verse and you're like, eh, okay, I probably could do this part better. or I could do this part better, or maybe I could switch this out. So how long does it take for you to really? go in and get a good take on something that you really like?
1: You know, it's a difference between do you want perfect or do you want Mm -hmm. real? Right? So, so yeah, and that's something that I've had to learn over the years. It's definitely not something that you are, you start off in voiceovers or music for that matter, knowing. And, and there's a certain point at which you have to acknowledge that you have gone so far down the rabbit hole (laughs) that you just need to let it go and and put out what you've done right and and i'm the same way with singing like i'll i'll do the same thing i'll go over and over i really want to make that perfect but you know what sometimes it just doesn't sound real if it's too perfect people relate to other people when they're not perfect right it's hard to relate to someone that's completely perfect which is why as I go, I become less perfect rather than more.
0: <laughs> so you get to a you place know, where you go, you know what? This is it. This, yeah. this is it. I'm just putting. it. But that's
1: what they want, right? <laughs> the client wants real so that the voice connects with the listener. And that's right. the whole point. The point is getting the message across. It's not being perfect. <laughs> and I it's was the delivery of the message.
0: Yeah. I was listening to a podcast um that you were on and you saying that people they hire you for you like they want you to be who you are. Yes. And they don't want this fabricated, you know, pie in the sky kind of person that mm-hmm. or voice that people don't think is attainable, right? They want the real Jody Kringle, They don't want you yeah. to be perfect.
1: Well, they, so everyone has me? their own personality, right? Like
0: a- because absolutely.
1: yeah, so that personality needs to come through and it's it's very easy to come through in your voice. You just need to let it.
0: <laughs> right. Right. And and uh, when I started my podcast, I said that I wanted to make the podcast that I wanted to make, like regardless mm-hmm. of if it was a, a niche, because that's always the thing. What's your niche? What is this? What yeah. is that? And most people, they went, oh, Tony's doing a podcast. It must be a sports podcast. And I said, <laughs> they know you, huh? <laughs> they do. But I wanted to be able to talk about things that weren't sports related. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to talk to interesting people and hear their stories and learn from them. And obviously, hopefully my listeners are learning those those same lessons as well. So you talked about music. Yes, I did. And when I first reached out to you and you and I started obviously doing my research and looking you up and, and there's a music tab on your website. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, music. I love music. as you can see by the guitars that I I can see. Uh, And so I found your band, Urban Tapestry, (laughs) which, when's the last time you recorded anything with your band? Oh, I think our
1: last CD was 2002, (laughs) so it's been a while. We haven't recorded in a long time, but actually I just saw them on Saturday. So we're still friends, we're still getting together. Um, there hasn't been any music conferences, obviously, for the last two and a half years or so. So right. we've kind of—that was the first time that we'd seen each other since the pandemic. Like it was, yeah. So it was—it was a nice reunion.
0: But so yeah, y'all are not I, all in the same area. Y'all are kind of scattered. We're kind
1: of spread out, um, generally, and twenty minutes to an hour apart from each other. All three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the furthest north and uh debbie is the furthest south so we meet in the middle
0: <laughs> that's usually the plan let's mm-hmm. meet somewhere everybody can figure it out yeah so our next number here is 30 hours and 33 minutes because i have a playlist and it's all uh, instrumental music at least for the most 98 percent and this is the stuff that i play in class because i'm a high school teacher and so my kids i always like Mr. Franklin, can you play something with words? I'm like, no, 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 no. no. The words are going to mess up the music. We need to listen to the music. They're all like, come on, play something that we know. Play some Michael Jackson or something. I'm like, all right. Sometimes i I been. most times I don't because mm-hmm. the music is so important to me in what I listen to. And so the name of this playlist is called Snarky Puppy Nostalgia because Snarky Puppy is a band that I love. Have you ever heard of them?
1: I have not. Oh
0: Clearly, man, I need called? to. Jazz band. I mean, and I love song, the name. Like, oh, right! It's a great name. People it's like, a great puppy, name. What is that? So, it's full of. That's how it started, just with their their music, and then. We're going to talk about this in a second too, but I'm such a big <laughs> video game person, and video games have music, mm-hmm. and so. These songs come back to mind at times, and some of them are like they're really good songs. And it's just from you know, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog or something, and so or like a like the Super Super Mario song, like everybody knows that song, you know. So I add them to this playlist, and sometimes you just hear like Tetris will come on if I'm blended in class. And I'm like, Mister Franklin, what is what is this? I'm like, y'all know what this is. <laughs> okay, so where do your roots i I took the long way here right but where do your roots and music derive from like how did you go okay i want to start recording music because i have some songs
1: yeah i I, I have yours
0: i'll bring up
1: oh my goodness i i had a very musical family so when my parents were raising my sister and i they were Mm -hmm. very musical and we would have sing-along time instead of Story time. That's what we do. My dad played guitar. My mom sang. I mean, they're still alive. So they're still doing this, these things. But, but uh, at the time that was, that was what we did before bed. That was our, our nighttime ritual. And we did it for many, many years and we would sing in the car when we were traveling places. And you know, like, yeah, it was just, it was one of those things that our family always did. And I always had the idea that singing was fun. Not only a you know something you could do for a profession or anything, but it was just right. fun. And yeah, I I started recording very early on. Actually, I worked with a a fellow named uh, Stephen West at uh, mm-hmm. with a a group called Group of Seventy Seven. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. This is back in '88, and then we wow. got together in again in I think. 92 or something like Mm -hmm. that and Mm -hmm. started doing some more music. And then, and then we stopped because I'm not a lyricist. I like singing and I can write if I really, really focus, but it's like pulling teeth with me. It's not something I do on a regular basis. So, and it's not something I truly enjoy. I know like a lot of people really get into that. It's the singing that I really enjoy. Yeah. Mm. So, and if I can come up with a, with a fun tune to, uh, you know, music that I hear, then, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun for me. But then trying to put the lyrics to it can be hard. I don't know. It's, everyone has their different, I don't read music at all. So I've had to any, any tunes, I don't know any music, like, I don't know any notes. I don't know what Mm I'm I I know, you know, C on a piano, I can I can pick out but like, I don't Yeah, (laughs) I don't really know. I don't read music. So if I'm looking at a piece of paper, likely it's the lyrics. It has absolutely nothing to do. And I've had to yeah. memorize the tune and mm. I have so many tunes in my head.
0: <laughs> That's so fun. Oh, yeah, it's so organic it, to do it. Very
1: organic. Word. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh but yeah, so I, I, I play to my limitations. <laughs> I understand what I like doing and what I don't like doing. And I, I sort of, have figured out how to navigate that and even during high school when I was in music yeah. uh, I was never in the actual program because to be in the actual program you had to read music read music <laughs> yeah but I did a lot of the after school stuff so what ended up happening is that I would do original compositions at every concert that the the, the school gave out that that mm. happened that was usually about twice a year and I play the piano for my compositions and I'd sing and and I'd do that. And I did that for most of the years I was in high school and then ended up getting the music award at the end of my high school career. But they also gave a music award to someone who was in the program. In the program. (laughs) Yeah, because you can't have, you can't give that to a student who's not even in the program.
0: It just doesn't make sense. I understand. (laughs) Well, you know, that's that's this same comes to mind when you said that is real recognize real and so they're like well you know jody's not necessarily in the program but we know she's great musically like she's got the voice and she can play (laughs) and so we want to recognize her so i take my hat off to your school for doing that because yeah they did that doesn't always happen
1: No, it doesn't. And actually, I was in the quartet, uh, the jazz quartet, during my school, uh, my high school years. And I think it was probably the jazz music teacher who (laughs) who was responsible for me getting nominated. Yeah. (laughs) But that was interesting, because not reading a note of music, what he would do Mm -hmm. is he would make a tape, because this is back in like, 88, 87, right? He would make a tape for me playing on the piano, the notes that I would need to memorize. And mm-hmm. I, I was doing the alto. So, that's like the most difficult one you could do and has often no bearing on anything anyone is singing around you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, I learned my my notes for the alto part by listening to his piano playing on a on a tape cassette, memorizing it and then going in and, and singing with everyone. And it, it worked pretty wow. well.
0: I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, so I managed good, to
1: figure it out.
0: <laughs> okay. So I got, I'm a, to a few songs at you here. Ooh, okay. So obviously the lady was the one that you were recognized most for, but the song and it's I think it's the first song on the album. Techno nerd boy.
1: Ah yes, I didn't write that one. That was written by my friend Debbie Debbie Ridpathoe. She's a um, a uh, illustrator actually for children's books, and uh, very well known. So yeah,
0: I I heard the song and I'm like, wait, what? What am I listening to? <laughs> but yeah, it's fun. But I'm going to keep listening. <laughs> Old technology too now. <laughs> Hey, the music is the music, man. And when the music's good, you know, you can figure out the technology part. So Mm -hmm. on that album, there were four songs that really kind of stuck out to me. Uh, The Lady was one of them, obviously. That song is really, really good. Thank you. Uh, Star Soul.
1: Oh, yeah. That's another one that's been acknowledged, actually. I didn't write the lyrics on that one. I wrote the music on that one. So. Mm. So the tune is mine but uh, the lyrics came from someone else who again is a very talented lyricist. So
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: A and some song. of these
0: they were they were giving me really like um like hotel california vibes. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and um I, sex and chocolate was pretty Oh good yes. Too.
1: And again that I Debbie wrote the lyrics for that one I wrote the tune.
0: Hey Debbie is legit. Debbie so is legit. Next.
1: She is, yeah. <laughs> she has a really quirky sense of humor, which lends itself really
0: well to a lot of these songs. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, uh, the next album, um, uh, "Castles and Skyscrapers." Oh my goodness, that's the really old one. That was originally yeah, on a the... tape. <laughs> how'd you? How'd you get it from tape to CD? Or i mean, um, it's streaming now so.
1: yeah i mean it's all streaming now but um yeah we originally got it onto cd a friend of ours did it for us actually um nice. we didn't really know how to do that but i think <laughs> now there are like almost like boom boxes that do that kind of thing right there you could buy wow. something that does it but right yeah. there's it, something
0: to do everything now yeah there is yes so I don't know why, but I went to the end of the CD and kind of listened to it backwards. So overdrawn credit card. That's overdrawn one of mine. Credit card blues. Oh, yes. Man. <laughs> I think a lot you of people can life. relate to that one. <laughs> oh yeah, Absolutely. And I'm like, yep, yep. Throw the yep. car right in the pile with the rest of the bad ones. Yep. So, yeah, that was really fun. Uh This is for you.
1: Yeah, that again is one of mine. And I wrote that for a friend of mine who went off to school in Japan. So she was my best friend in grade up to about grade 12 and then she i'm in canada so we still say grade 12. (laughs) um and she went off to she went off to university in japan because that's what her parents wanted her to do and she's she's still there and and married and she has two kids and we're still in touch yeah
0: i actually lived in china for a year oh yeah so um yeah i definitely know how it is to move all the way across the world, not halfway, all the way across
1: mm-hmm.
0: to the upp- opposite side of the map. So, uh, shout out to your friend. That takes yeah. a lot of guts. It does, definitely. Um, this is for you. Kind of reminded me of another artist, uh, car called Carol King, and she oh, sang this yeah. song called "So Far Away." Yeah. So, um, I your appreciate voice that. I'm honored. <laughs> thank you uh you're welcome uh (laughs) no thank you for the music uh and so that one kind of gave me what was the song that that lent me to stairway to heaven oh yeah okay not the ojs but uh the other one uh so and then i'll be fine was really good too kind of in that same
1: yeah and again that's another one of mine yeah These are early songs, like really early songs of mine. These are like ones that I wrote before Urban Tapestry, really. Oh, wow. I brought them to Urban Tapestry, and then we ended up putting them out. Now, the overdrawn credit card blues I wrote while I was in Urban Tapestry. So that is (laughs) (laughs) the other two. (laughs) The other two were
0: before. Last one. And uh, My Jalapeno Man. Very interesting. Yes,
1: and again, that is one of Debbie's quirky humor. Yes, yeah, she wrote that whole thing, so uh, yeah, I just
0: perform I was it. Like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, see what you did there." That was yeah. very clever. Like I, I appreciate clever. Yes, like a clever sometimes is better than good, mm-hmm. you know, because you go, you try something there, and I see what you did. Everybody's yeah. not going to get it, but I like it. Yeah, I like it. So do you ever plan on making any more music in the future?
1: You know, I suspect that all three of us are in different places in our lives right now. Mm -hmm. And I doubt that it's going to mean that we'll be making another album again. Mm -hmm. You know, filking is kind of dying out too. I hate to say that, but you know, like there are a lot of other things that people are doing now with their time at, let's say a science fiction fantasy convention. And um there are so many things to do, and filking i think i mean it, it it's a really it's a lovely community and it's a lot of fun to participate in mm-hmm. um i you know yeah the the current the current feeling of technology and all of what's going on right now yeah i don't know i mean i i think that <laughs> What's happening is it's splintering into different groups. So there are people that are right. into Harry Potter, and there are people who are into Star Trek, and there are people into Star Wars, and there are people into, you know, all the how heck Some Willow movie. is coming out right? <laughs> the new Willow is like a it's a new series I think coming out on Disney Plus. Like that's I grew up with that one,
0: <laughs> right? So <laughs> so like what is Filking like for the people who don't know what Filking is? Please explain. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's the music that happens at science fiction fantasy conventions. So if you go to a science fiction fantasy convention and you go like after hours to like these rooms and you'll like in the hotel, wherever it's happening, you'll find often that there are groups of people gathered in a circle doing performing music, right? So almost like campfire stuff, right? And a lot of it is acoustic and and just people making music for the fun of it and that's it but they all have science fiction fantasy uh themes yeah a lot of them do so a lot of the songs have to do with that you know or things that filkers care about like cats and technology (laughs) and spicy food (laughs) you know these kinds of things right (laughs) so yeah it's just its own little community of musicians that happens to also attend science fiction fantasy conventions and there are filking conferences now all by themselves it doesn't have wow. to happen in that kind of an environment
0: so how'd you get into sci-fi wait wait, wait wait our next number is 64 for my favorite game system i don't know if you were ever a gamer but the nintendo 64 changed everything for me now mm-hmm. i played super nintendo with like street fighter 2 and that kind of stuff but when i got a nintendo 64 Cause I got all A's on my report card in the third grade. That Good for you. <laughs> was, thank you, thank you. I tried really hard too. Yeah. Um, I think it was all A's and the C, but we're not going to talk about the C. I still got the game system. Uh, but much like you, it was about the community, and with gaming, with the Nintendo sixty four, it, it had four controllers, and so you and your buddies. Could just come together and play whatever go to Mario Party, Mario Kart wrestling, whatever the game was. and so that kind of kind of tipped me into this kind of my love for for sci-fi and kind of that ran into like the Harry Potter is because that came out, and my um my teacher will read the books to us. I don't even know if teachers still do that now, but she would read the books and she read this book called Holes to Us as well. Another teacher. And so that kind of sparked my interest in the world that's not here. Right. I live in a real world all day. Right. Let me go somewhere else. So I know you are a big Star Wars fan. So I brought my kids
1: out. Oh my, my out, Nice. My Very Nice.
0: I have a, and... a couple of
1: bobbleheads behind me. I don't know if you can yeah. see. Yeah, so you can see my uh um that's from the last what was that? I think that was the first new with um the Force Awakens. With Ray, yeah. Cuz that was the 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 silver stormtrooper, right? The, yeah. the woman, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um so that was interesting and I have a Grogu there on <laughs> on top of my little yeah. Um, you know, along with Groot, because they all go together.
0: Of course, of, course, of <laughs> course. So where'd your love for like sci-fi and fantasy stuff? Where'd that start? Uh,
1: you know, it probably started with gaming. Um, but gaming of the tabletop variety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm a D&D Dungeons and Dragons player from like way, way, way back. And usually that was fantasy, but it was also I, I had a group of people that I was playing with for probably, I mean, I've known these guys for 25 years plus, and uh, we've played everything, like, <laughs> yeah. just everything out there that has a role-playing system, from uh, the role-playing game that's associated with uh, Warhammer 40K to mm-hmm. um, to Star Wars and Star Trek and all the various iterations they've had and um, Traveler and, like, all the, all the interesting ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's a whole bunch of this, this kind of stuff out there. But I've always, I think my love of science fiction started with the love of fantasy, because Mm -hmm. it kind of progressed from there. The books that I was reading when I was a kid, you know, I I mean, I was always a big reader. But this was, you know, back when I was 13, something like that. A lot of the first books that I got a hold of were fantasy in, in, in subject rather than science fiction. So Like
0: like, what were you reading?
1: Uh, Well, uh, The Hobbit was definitely uh, one of them. Um, uh, Piers Anthony was another one that I used to pick up a lot. And uh, specifically his uh, Incarnations of Immortality books, which were really, really good and very thought provoking. Um, so those were really interesting, but there were, there were a bunch of others that I'm not recalling right off the top of my head, but yeah, but a a lot. Um, and, and that kind of led me to the science fiction that, that I read Mm. after. But I was never I was, a hard sci-fi fan. Like I never really uh-huh. read Isaac Asimov or, you know, like those, the early, I, I acknowledge they're excellent at their craft and I have nothing against the the books themselves. They just didn't interest me all that
0: much. Right, right. So, yeah. And you talked about being interested and I was at a wedding a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to a guy and he was saying that he's trying to get his son into reading. And I think uh-huh. he said his son was 13. And I told him the most important thing is he, it has to be something that he likes. Yes. You got to expose him to different kinds of books, whether that's sci-fi or whether that are autobiographies, whatever sports, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you just have to, uh, and I told him, this is what I do. I just go to a bookstore, which is, is not, there aren't many still around. Yeah. yeah, uh, That's a
1: tough one to find now, isn't it?
0: (laughs) Half price books is still kicking. So I go find one of those yeah. and I would just take my time. I pick up a book, maybe read a page or two, read the back, look at the cover. Uh, If I liked it, I would I would hold on to it as I walked Mm -hmm. and look for more. And I'll always look for series. So I always know the next book I can read. Sure. So I don't have to find the next series. So I just told him, man, he's got to find something that he's interested in. And no matter what that might be, as long as it's. Mostly appropriate, because uh, you know at, at 13, hopefully you're being taught you know the things that you're gonna run into into high school. Uh, but as long as it's pretty close to appropriate, uh, then you gotta get just get them reading because. And then I told them, then you can start to ask those questions that you were talking about, those deeper thinking questions that kids don't always think about. They go, oh, well, you know, the man he killed the other man. What's the big deal? He like, well. Why? Why do you think he killed him? And then you start to ask these questions, and then they begin to start to ask themselves these questions as they're reading different books. And now they have sparked an interest in, you know, whatever that book may be or whatever the case may be. So, do you have books that you go back and read?
1: You know, I. Uh... I haven't really been that type of a reader. I tend to read something once and then put it down and and move on. Neither. Yeah. Same. I don't know why that is. I don't tend to take comfort from rereading books. Let's say that's not something that I do. So I've I don't know. Friend,
0: she, she says she's read all of the Harry Potter books, like four or five times or something like that. I'm like that one, those books start to get pretty long at number four.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, I liked a- them. I enjoyed them while I was reading them. Yes. I did read them, but yes. I, it's not something I go back to for comfort. You know,
0: I like to just, I'm like, okay, finish that book. That was awesome. Let's find the next thing to read. What are you reading now?
1: Oh my goodness. What am I reading now? Um, you know, um, Vincent Puglisi just had this book mm-hmm. come out called the art of connection, I believe. Okay. And, uh, and it's it, nonfiction um but it is a truly excellent read and he is a guy mm-hmm. who knows a lot about connecting people <laughs> i was in a business mastermind of his of the wealth of connection it's called pardon me mm. okay so okay. the the wealth of connection is what it's called and uh it's it's really it's a lot of fun actually because Vincent's an interesting guy in and of himself. So he has had a lot of life experiences. He was a photographer for a lot of famous uh, and, and photographed a lot of famous events in sports history. So uh, yeah, you you should look him up. I think you'll be very interested. <laughs> uh, but he had a business mastermind for a while that I was a part of, and so I sort of see, I sort of saw the the beginnings of where this book came from. And Mm -hmm. it really fascinated me to see how he related his life experiences to what's in this book. And the stories he tells are fantastically fun. So I I just, I think it's a great, uh, a great book and anyone can benefit. Yeah.
0: You talked about connecting and benefiting others. Mm -hmm. The last thing that I do is I have my three what's. So these are... Uh, three different questions that touches on different things. And so my first one is what's an opinion you have uh, an unpopular opinion Mm -hmm. in your field that you have.
1: Uh, This might not only be in my field, but Mm -hmm. I am not a goal setter. everyone Everyone seems to say, oh, have this vision board, have a goal in mind, you know, like, no, I just want to see where life takes me. <laughs>
0: okay. And I okay. also find
1: I find that kind of stuff almost limiting, right? Because then once you've got it, what then? Like then what's next, right? I So
0: Absolutely.
1: It, you know, like like what's uh, what what's a financial goal that you want to reach? Like how much money do you want to make this year? You know, put that on a vision board. I don't I, What if Man. I overcome that? What if I you know, like it just to
0: me it seems limiting. So I am the same way. Yeah. My, and you never hear people say, Oh, no, you make don't. Goals. Like, no.
1: <laughs> I mean, some people do need goals. I understand there are different types of people. I'm not saying mm. that my opinion is the way it should be. I'm just, I'm just saying for me personally, goals limit me, they don't expand what I'm going after. So right. for me, I like to just sort of like, put myself out there, do as much as I can, and then see what happens.
0: <laughs> yep. We'll see where the train goes. Exactly. So like I'm I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? Okay, I want to start a podcast. All right, what's step one? Okay. Get a mic. All right. Let's get a mic. Like so I'm I'm very kind of black and white about it. I don't make it like this big thing like, oh man, you know, I want to be the biggest podcast in the world. It's like, no, I want to start a podcast because I like talking. My voice is kind of my, my instrument, you know, my gift. I feel like, so what can I use my voice for? Um, I sing at my church. Okay. I'm a speech teacher in high school. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, You should have a podcast. You need a podcast. (laughs) This is what I do. Yeah. So I feel like as long as, what I'm trying to do aligns with who I am, then why not? you know let's try it. It's not about this big vision board or what is the plan for my life? I'm like that's nah, that's too much. that's stuff yeah now. let me what do I want to do? I want to be in the basketball league. My friend called me, "Hey, join my league, cool. I'm in the basketball league, and we play there you go, so yeah. after that, I'll figure out what's next.
1: Yeah, you know, I had, um, I do have a podcast. And I've had it Mm -hmm. for uh, since November 2019. But I had a podcast before that. So the podcast before that only had 30 episodes. And it was sort of like a conventional, you know, wisdom thing. It was like uh, self care for creatives. But it Mm -hmm. was the first attempt. It was my, I'm just going to do something and see what happens right? Yeah, yeah, so that was yeah. my first attempt at a at a podcast. and And what I would say for people who are thinking of having a podcast is just go and do it, learn. Do it. And that does not have to be the podcast you end up with, right? Nothing is written in stone. You don't have to do continue it. that podcast. If you like podcasting, you can do something else, which is exactly what do. I did <laughs> after yep. I had learned. <laughs> so again, not really a goal set, but you know, it, I, I just jump in with both feet, learn, and then move on from there.
0: Yep. What do I want to do? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let's do it. What's step one?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, so why'd you, why'd you end the other podcast?
1: I ended the other podcast because people started asking me to be a life coach.
0: <laughs> oh, Okay. And And I guess you didn't have any interest in doing that.
1: I had absolutely no interest in being a life coach. No, the the point of the podcast and what I learned while I was doing this was that when you have a podcast, people think that you are an expert in the field of whatever it is you're talking about, right? So since I was talking about life, (laughs) they thought I wanted to be a life coach. (laughs) Which was not the case. So I needed to go back to the drawing board and focus in on what I was really, really interested in and what Mm -hmm. I make my living in, which is the power of sound. So that's what I talk about. That's what audio branding
0: is all about. All right. So talk about your podcast that you have now.
1: Well, like I said, (laughs) it's called Audio Branding, the Hidden Gem of Marketing. And what I talk about there is how sound influences us. So both Mm -hmm. in our buying habits, definitely, because I do talk to a lot of ad creatives and people who are on that end of things. But I also talk about how it affects our daily lives. So Mm -hmm. I talk to musicians and uh, public speakers and voice AI people and um podcasters and filmmakers and you know people who are doing sound design and storytellers and all the research around sound like i just um finished putting together a podcast about um uh, directional sound so right now um there is a part of advertising that's working with sound making it directional so that the person standing on a particular spot is the only Mm -hmm. one hearing that audio. And it's Mm. really, really effective Um, in a New Zealand grocery store. They did this with bananas and the bananas sold 130% more just by what? having this happen in the grocery store yeah you'd stand on a circle or something near the banana display and it would tell you like beaming down on you so that no one mm-hmm. around you heard it except you
0: <laughs> all the, bananas,
1: They're yeah amazing. all the great things about this particular banana <laughs> you know yeah so uh yeah it works it's just it it's very personal i think the more personal that you can make this mm the more it impacts us. And so that's just one aspect of what I was talking about. But I talk about um, uh, AI, um, machine learning how to create music. Um, Mm. I talk about uh, the sounds of the universe. So the universe actually makes sounds in space, but you know, obviously, it's not transmitted, because nothing, you know, you don't hear in space, but you can take the, um, I guess, almost the light output, and you can mm-hmm. translate it into sound. So the universe actually does make sound. It's just that we as human beings aren't hearing it. That's all. Wow. So it's really that there's fascinating. Yeah, there's like all sorts of really interesting aspects of this. And I, I love talking about it. And I'll talk with, uh, you know, people who do audio branding for a living, there's definitely mm-hmm. that aspect of it because advertising is a big part of what I do. And I just started it because I am, as a voice actor, lending my voice, my instrument, to Mm. someone else making an audio brand. And I wanted to know what the aspects of that were, how did they come to those realizations? Why did they decide on my voice, as opposed to someone else's? Or why did they decide on someone else's voice instead of mine? You know, like, it's kind of, you know, there are reasons that this happens. And I really wanted to talk to my clients about how this works. So that's really how it started, but it's become so much more.
0: (laughs) Right. You had a singular question, and then that kind of branched off into these different things. You go, oh, that's fascinating, or that's interesting, or that's cool. Let's talk about that.
1: It's something I'm passionate about, and and I think that that's the key Mm -hmm. to any podcast. If you're going to continue with it, you have to be passionate about the
0: subject, because otherwise, why would you do it? (laughs) Exactly. And there's going to be a point, unless you're some big shot, where you're not getting paid, you don't have a crew, you have to do everything yourself. Yep. (laughs) So if you don't love it, you're going to be done here pretty soon.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pod fade is real.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I know we just got out for the summer and I've got like guests lined up. And so I'm like, man, I I just have the time to be able to put into it like I would like to, as opposed to when school's in, you know, you got. I don't necessarily papers to grade. I don't really do my grading that way. <laughs> but you know, I, I coach sports and I have a club that I'm a not a part of, but I sponsor. And you know, I'm just I'm so social. A lot of times, it's not that I can't say no because if there's something that I don't want to do, I'm not going to do it. But is that I don't want to say no. I want to be involved in the things that are going on on campus. And so here we go. Now I got my time in the summer, so I can really do some things that I would like to do. So, wow, that was a great answer. Okay. second (laughs) This one might be a little bit more difficult because you've done so many different things already. Mm -hmm. So if you weren't doing uh, your voice acting, what would you be doing?
1: That is a good question. And I honestly don't know how to answer that because I will tell Mm. you, it took me a long time to settle on the voice acting right? Like, I was going through a whole bunch of different careers until I found this. And I was 36 years old when I started. Like, you know, so it wasn't like I was young. It was like I'd gone through a bunch of other careers before I settled on this. So I'm kind of happy with it. (laughs) And I'll pretty much do it. Yeah, I'll pretty much do it as long as I have a voice, you know. So the idea of doing something else hasn't even really occurred to me. Do you know what I mean? (laughs)
0: Yep. I can say the same thing because I'm 33. Uh, Mm -hmm. I became a teacher like 28, 29. Yep. So I wasn't like fresh out of college, go right into the classroom. I had done a ton of other stuff. I've had, I did this on one of my episodes. Mm -hmm. I can't even remember what episode it is. I think that's a good sign that I've done a lot, (laughs) but I've had like 20 different jobs. Like, so banking, customer service, construction, you know, I've just kind of been in a ton of different things. And so when I landed on teaching, it's because I wanted to be a teacher. It wasn't like my backup plan. Yeah, exactly.
1: I'd done like you. I'd done a lot of stuff before finding this. And so I knew what I didn't want, right? You know what you don't want and and then when you settle on what you do and i know how lucky i am for that too and you Mm. as well are you i'm sure you're aware you're very lucky in what you get to do because you love what you do right and there are so many people out there who hate what they do (laughs) and just don't you know yeah they're they're either stuck or they just are comfortable and don't want to do anything about it there are people like that who just live their life like that and all the power to them but that's not how i want to (laughs) live (laughs)
0: me neither. I'm like, man, I gotta love it. I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to get to something that I enjoy doing Yes, and I'm not dreading going to work every day.
1: Yes. And I've had that dread and I'm sure you have too.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) Working construction. I was making so much money, way more money. And, and the work wasn't hard, but it's not, it wasn't, I mean, you work seven hours, seven days a week, 12 hours a day at times, you know, or you might work, you know, 60 hours a week. And a lot of times you work a lot of hours. The work that I did wasn't hard work, but it wasn't very involved. Like, I just kind of felt like, okay, this is not what I want to do, regardless of how much I'm getting paid. It's something, something else, something else. And so after that, I kind of, that was right out of high school. I was making like, wow, way more money than I could, than I could think of because my dad worked in construction. Okay, So I'm not even doing the hard work. Yeah, My hands are clean. So I just was like, after I would say maybe two years of kind of working uh, on and off because it's contract work, Mm -hmm. I just said, okay, time to go back to school. And I just went and I said, I got to get a degree in something. So let's just go find a degree. Let's get it again. Very kind of small picture, I guess you would say. Okay, what do I need to do? Go back to school. Go back to school. What do I want to get a degree in? I'm not sure, but let's just get a degree. I got my degree. And then after that, I was like, okay, what's next? And then I went off to China. So,
1: yeah. Well, you know, sometimes learning how to learn is a really good Mm -hmm. skill. And I would say that school definitely helps you figure that out after high school, maybe. (laughs) I would say, you know, like, because high school, like, up to that point, you you kind of have to do some things by rote, yes. and you may or may not actually understand them while you're doing yep. them. But when you get into university or college or something like that, the higher education, mm-hmm. which, like, I'm not saying everybody needs it, especially now, you know, there are so many trades that need people right. desperately, yes. right? So. You know whatever your calling is, go for it. But if you have the opportunity to go somewhere where it's not all about the degree that you're going to get, it's about how you get there.
0: Yes. I think
1: that 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 can be a luxury. You know, I know that there that isn't possible for everybody, and but right. if you have that ability, learning how to learn will really set you up well for the rest of life.
0: Absolutely, and I'll just say, it doesn't necessarily have to be college, like you just said. But some form of higher education, or some whatever that certification or trade, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, some or excellence. someone,
1: if someone yeah. inspires you to to go out and learn something new, you know that go that learn. could work just as well. Yeah. yeah. But having that opportunity, I think, will really help you get along in life.
0: Definitely. Okay, so that moves us to our last. What we're talking about learning. We're talking about yeah. school. <laughs> so. What advice would you give to someone in high school? Because I do tell my kids shameless plugs every day. Hey, guys, go listen to my podcast. I had this person on. And so I, I kind of thought about this this part here as something that they could listen to and get something specific from. So what advice would you give to someone in high school?
1: Oh my goodness. That is a a really good question and a hard one to answer. Um, It's been a while since I've been in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I will say that in high school, whether or not you're jazzed by what you're learning, um, Mm. there are opportunities in high school to find out things that you can be passionate about. (sighs) And so, you know, whatever your grades are, and I don't, I don't care about that. Whatever your grades are, whatever you're actually doing in the school, there are all sorts Mm -hmm. of extracurricular things that you could be doing. (sighs) There are people you can learn from. There are things that you can find a passion for, whether or not it's a subject that you're doing, and you can relate it to those subjects sometimes. So, like, for instance, I remember being in an English class where I finally learned how to write an essay because... Mm-hmm. <laughs> that only happened right before I went to university, actually. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. It took a while. But that that English, that English teacher was the one who taught us how to do that. But mm-hmm. knowing how to have a beginning, a middle, and an end in an essay also sets you up well to write fiction, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, write outlines to understand different things about how to write in general. So... But- You may not be all that fired up about writing an essay, but, (laughs) but the ideas behind it will set you up well for other things related to it that you might find of interest. So just be open minded is what I guess I would say. You know, be aware that there are other things around you that are beyond the courses you're taking Mm -hmm. and it's part of the environment that you're in and, and drink it all in, take it all in, learn what you can, you know, get passionate about something.
0: Yeah, it's going to be what you make it like. So I tell my kids all the time. If at all possible, join a sport, something that's going to challenge you physically. So you don't have to go out to be like the all American, you know, going out to get a D1 scholarship. But you have to learn how to 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 push your body, because as you get older, you have to learn how to keep your body in tune as much as you can. I see, I see now getting into my, my thirties, that is not the same as when I was even 28. And it's not the same as when I was 22. So knowing how to push your body in the way to, to stay healthy and to stay fit uh, is important. And then join that's hard the club, <laughs> but you know, people just see the outside, but there's work that's happening on the inside of the house and things that I know I have to stay away from. Yes. And but also join something like a club that's going to push you socially to be around people that you wouldn't have otherwise been around.
1: Mm-hmm. Also
0: to to make you to think, right? Because these social clubs typically they'll push you academically as well and not academic as the form of, you know, reading and writing. But how do you think? Okay. What are your reasoning skills? How do you work with other people? So joining clubs that helps to kind of engage that side of, of life. So I always push my kids to do both because, like you said, you're gonna find if you try, you're gonna be able to find something that you're interested in, something that will that will maybe spark you to go on and be a, I don't know, aerospace engineer or something. Who knows? You
1: never know. Yeah, no. no.
0: So, yeah, I think that's a, a great place to mm-hmm. to hang our hat. Sure. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> this was so much fun. It was as much fun as I thought it would be because <laughs> I'm glad I lived up to expectations. <laughs> of course, the, the exceptional Jody Krangle. Um <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, websites, socials, go ahead and plug whatever it is that you sure. want. Um,
1: I am at voiceoversandvocals.com if anyone is interested in uh, voiceovers, which is what I do. And uh, if you are interested in the audio branding podcast, that is at audiobrandingpodcast.com. Pretty obvious. <laughs> and uh, if you want to find me on socials, I am on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And just look for my name, Jody Krangle. And I also have uh, weekly chats on Clubhouse. Um, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, we talk about all things that are having to do with sound. So uh, that is the room that we have on Wednesdays. And then Thursdays, I have an interesting little fun chat with a couple of uh, colleagues of mine, oh. Cheryl Holling and Ann Ganguza, who are also voice actors and also yes. have podcasts. <laughs>
0: yes. So
1: it's called Voices in Podcasting, VIP. And Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern, we just have a discussion about voiceovers and podcasts and where they meet in the middle and anything that we decide we want to talk about and it is always a party
0: <laughs> so oh clubhouse we have fun yeah yeah clubhouse can be that way but if you got a room of people like that you know and that you like and i know because i'm on clubhouse too and you start to see a lot of the same people running you do. those same kind of circles and you go well like wow i got this they become your buddies like i got this buddy over in you know alberta or whatever yeah you know that we just talk on clubhouse together and That's always a good thing to find people that do the things that you do.
1: It is wonderful. Clubhouse is one of those things where I've known some of these people through social media, just from, uh, you know, seeing them on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever. And I've Mm -hmm. known them for years, but having spoken with them in a clubhouse room, I get to know them way better in the space of an hour than I ever did on social media. So I don't know if clubhouse is going to be the be all and end all, um, uh, you know, I, it may end up going the way of the dodo bird. I have no idea, but <laughs> something else will take its place. And I think that social audio is here to stay, even if Clubhouse yeah. isn't. So we'll see where it takes us. But uh, but yeah, if you're on Clubhouse, look up The Power of Sound Club and, uh, and join in. Feel free.
0: All right, everyone. Thank you. Uh, of course, this is the Living Numbers Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Rambles. Follow me. Instagram, TikTok at underscore Tony Rambles underscore. You can email the show, one Tony Rambles at gmail.com, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, you know, Anchor. You know, just go listen and share this podcast with someone that you think would like it. Uh, signing off, I'm Tony Rambles and the amazing, exceptional voice of Jody Crangle. <laughs>
1: Thanks so much for having me. This is fun.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. See you in the next ramble.